Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Class 1A Podcast. My name is Andrew Nimsker, and as always, alongside me, I just have Dylan Beale today to break down the newest episode where we finally get the reveal of Lady Nagan, something that we both have been very excited for for a long time. And again, just seem to take the very next step in Deku's Rogue Arc, which actually you and me haven't talked about, so maybe some of that'll come up here in this episode as well. But outside of that, how are you enjoying the Rogue Arc, and how do you like the introduction of Lady Nagan? Uh, good so far. It's very dark. Like, literally, it is just very dark. It's gloomy. It's rainy. But also, like, it's weird to see my hero in that, like, light. And I mean that in the very literal sense of that word, of where my hero usually is very colorful. So it's weird to see it kind of, like, washed out a little bit. Uh, but I like it. I like how the art sells a little bit different for this one, and it's a little bit darker. I, I'm I'm into it. Yeah, I, I did, too. I think it's been phenomenal i we decided to talk about last week too but last week was just as great too i'm definitely loving the tone shift generally it's always kind of been with villains attacking after a, a sports arc but kind of going from the war arc into this still gives that same kind of tonal shift while still keeping the action going which has been phenomenal yeah i was really i was really surprised though like because they didn't really go into like a lighthearted arc because that's usually their mo right of like, you know, you have the series arc, you have the light arc, and you kind of flop back and forth. And we have a tone change from the last arc, but this one isn't like a positive tone change. It like is even darker. It's a little bit quieter, but it's even darker. Yeah, and I think that really kind of reinforces the fact that the final act has begin. Like, as we start getting down towards the end, there's not always going to be those room for the fluff, the more fun arcs. There'll be positive moments here and there, which I still think are needed, especially in My Hero, because that's what we've kind of gotten for so long. But I don't think there's ever going to be another gentle criminal arc, just because we just don't have time for that anymore. If we're getting down there, um, the world's to the shit right now, so there's no more Christmas parties or nothing like that until the job's kind of done. Um, So I hope it doesn't just keep getting darker the entire time. Like, the war arc was the last time we were ever somewhat happy, which would have been a weird way to kind of do it, but... Um, I don't think we'll ever get anything happier than the war arc, which wasn't a great time for most people. But as we've kind of done the last couple of times, as these chapters, I mean, as these episodes kind of get more to the point, more one topical, not doing recaps anymore. We are going to be talking about Lady Nagan. We're going to be talking about the vestiges. That's really the big things to take out of this episode. Obviously, we met the one we met a human that Deku helped out. We saw a little bit about the other crew kind of fighting villains but not a lot talk about a lot not to dissect there so one i know vestiges came first but i want to talk about lady nagan first Mm -hmm. i'm obviously a new character someone that's been teased in the opener for a couple of weeks now um where do you want to start i mean we talk about our quirk we can talk about the backstory even overhauls Um, alongside her which is really really interesting seeing where that yeah i I think the backstory i think we got to talk about a backstory because it's the most i think the most interesting part about her because she used to be part of the public hero commission is that what it is is it the right order of words public the public safety, safety commission. commission yeah and essentially she used to be the old hawks um probably two generations i don't know if that's like the best way to describe it but like two generations because he said like uh my like you know my senior person knew her uh, he didn't actually know her directly uh and i think that's really interesting because i think her position on the public safety commission right revealed to her like why hero society is so bad uh because that's what uh one for all was getting to or all for one rather he because he mentioned like oh yeah like you had all these problems with hero society 
And like, I, again, I'm always going to talk about this every single episode until we get our ending of where they talk about Hero Society because it's it's got to come up. Um, but I think that's interesting because this is the first time I think we, we're seeing a hero that like is a little sympathetic who's a villain, right? Because like most of our villains are like evil for evil's sake. Um, most of them don't have like a, I'm evil, but like I kind of have a reason for it. Uh, maybe Gentle, maybe Gentle was like the closest person. Um, but Nagant actually probably has a real reason we know that like they had hawks doing shady stuff so we can only assume that she had to do shadier things which her getting so disillusioned and like slipping into villainy is so interesting to me like i want to see why like what act of villainy did she actually commit is she a full on villain now is she just gonna like dome this kid in the middle of like a rainy street right now yeah it it definitely kind of feels like, there's definitely going to be more, the killing your own hero, like, that's kind of a line that was dropped in this episode when talking to um, All for One, and I definitely think we're going to learn more about that at some point. I think they wouldn't just have a hero killing another hero without kind of giving a little more on that, and she doesn't feel as much as a villain as someone that's just kind of doing what she's ordered, what she thinks is best for her, probably kind of exactly what happened at the Public Safety Commission. I mean, all for one made a good point. She was locked up in Tartarus, the worst of the worst. She was clearly never getting out. So hero kind of society falling to the wayside is good for her. So I don't necessarily think that she wants to follow. I don't think she's necessarily evil, but I think she's a very big person of opportunity at this point. And if it, she has to kill one high schooler to be able to live the rest of her life free, I think she has been pushed to that point where she can kind of do that. So, again, I, I agree that I think there's more of reasoning behind what she does, and I think she's more morally gray than dark, because she's not doing this out of anger. She's doing it kind of out of necessity, which I think makes more sense as a kind of morally gray assassin than a villain like Muscular that we saw last week that is doing it just to do it. So, all right, given, given her position, would you kill Deku? Absolutely. If my options are being locked up for the rest of life or killing one more person after I've probably killed hundreds for the uh, safety commission, I kill one more. I mean, at that point, what's another one to an assassin? I mean, we saw Hawks kill at least one or two people in the small snippets we've seen. Imagine he's done a lot more and or been told to do a lot more. Um, so I'm sure he's in the same exact boat. And um, once you kind of get to that point, you can just kind of, Turn off your mind, do what has to get done, and move on. Would you? Would I kill Deku? Absolutely. Would I kill? I would kill Deku. Would I kill a random yeah, fourteen year old? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I I will say the one thing I found deeply interesting from like a maybe a storytelling perspective is how they revealed her quirk, like it being a like interview with Snipe that Deku is remembering that's like a 10 out of 10 right there like come on it, it's just perfect it literally is such a perfect way to reveal that like i i don't know like i i like i literally clapped for Hor horikoshi when i read that it's such a better way than i mean obviously deku kind of monologued some of the ability anyways mm -hmm. but it's still just such a much more fun way to learn about something especially since she was a hero at one point it makes sense that deku would know about her because he was a huge fan that there'd be interviews about her especially if she was so good it makes so much sense for there to be interviews talking about her. So using that snippet, I thought was phenomenal as well. I loved it. Um, and it just added a little bit more depth than us kind of seeing it. Obviously, when we see a sniper coming out of someone's arm, 
we could have started putting pieces together, but having explained in that way and just going on is such a better way of doing it. Yeah. I also just made me miss Snipe, though. I, I miss yeah. the teachers. There were some really good teachers, too. There Ectoplasm. were some good teachers that we got no time with. Yeah, like yeah. the... So what, the USJ and then like the final exams were literally the only time we ever saw them. Yeah, it was super, super quick. Um, but again, this is always something that's interesting to me of like where you draw a line of like one quirk. So not only is she able to make a literal rifle out of her arm, which seems like its own individual quirk, but her body was also like manipulated in a way that her hair can also be used as bullets. Like I know they go together but it just feels like two such different abilities that like, yeah. it almost sounds like her hair, hair doesn't have to be molded into a bullet. Like she molds it into a bullet, but it's like a body laid material that she can make more out of, which seems like a whole different quirk. Um, we know it's one and the same cause she's had it forever. Um, but that just always is interesting to me of how far a single quirk can stretch. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that there's probably this, like, unspoken rule in making, like, quirks and stuff like that, or just even superpowers in general, that, like, some things are, like, a system. Like, some powers are, like, a system of things that are just, like, kind of serendipitously, like, working together. And sometimes it's just, like, yeah, I'm just, like, really strong, right? Where it's very yeah. clear-cut. Uh, and this is one of those where it's, like, I just assume rifle has, like, two kind of components that at some way you could probably explain it away of, like, okay, well, yeah, like... Technically, her arm has, like, a little bit of this putty stuff that allows her to do something. But, um, yeah, just kind of take it all in as a one kind of system. I yeah, love the which, idea for the hair stuff, though. Yeah, it like, is easy to accept. Like, I'm not questioning it. Like, wow, it's just something that goes. Like, I can't think of a different situation where there's two such major parts to a quirk. I might be just missing something clearly. But a lot of what we've seen is straightforward. Todoroki yeah. shoots ice and fire. Bakugo makes explosions. Like that'd be like Bakugo making explosions, but then his then his hair could also be used as like TNT. Like that makes sense in a way because they're kind of yeah. one of the same. But yeah, like but this is the first time we've seen something bit. so extreme. Yeah. So I love yeah. it though. It definitely adds to it, and it makes her a better one than just pulling bullets out of her pocket or doing the hair twist as she's like talking. I thought it was a really cool kind of scene, and then pulling yeah. it in there and all that. I loved how it works. I just love that we have no idea of how quirks really work because this is the first time we've seen something like that. Yeah, I would really love to see like an ex like this fight be like extended out and like she's like kind of running low on her hair or something, uh, yeah. or, or just like just to talk about back that. instantly. Does she go bald during really yeah, big fights exactly. and engagements? Like a lot of questions, a lot of questions. I I, I like her quirk though. Um, I also like I, I like her color scheme, like her her yeah. theming of just like the way she looked because like. We're in like a really dark, because uh, we're talking about like a really like dark time in My Hero, but like her colors still like kind of pop a little bit too. Uh, and I think it's cool. I really like it. Yeah, it was a really interesting color theme to kind of do for an assassin. Obviously, you'd think mm -hmm. someone would be a little bit less obvious for that, but I love everything about the character design from the quirk to um, appearance, hair colors, all that. So I think that works really well. Um, and I think it's, yeah, I, I just want to know more about where this is all going to go. Because obviously it feels like it's a fight to the death, but introducing a character like this with her unique backstory. Um, she also was like the first person we've really seen get a quirk from All for One um, and seeing mm -hmm. what exactly that's going to tail. Like, it feels like a character that's set up to only last for an episode or two. I mean, it looks like she's going to be a character that's only here for an episode or two, but I feel like they're setting her up for something bigger. 
but I don't know exactly how that comes to be, especially with overhaul, because there's no way that arc on in her internal character can come to a conclusion here. So really yeah, interesting to see what happens. What is going on with, with uh, overhaul? Like, what is she going to use him for? He has no arms, so he can't use his quirk anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, in theory? Because I always thought it was anything he touches, he can he can take apart. So does you, that you know what? I actually didn't I didn't think about that too much. Like, yeah, I wonder, like, if he like, you know, he gets he gets those those toes out and like puts them on you, will that just like disintegrate you or you can headbutt you headbutt someone? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to it, but that's really with overhaul being a part of that is where I really kind of saw her more as a morally gray with some good left in her because there really isn't anything she can use it for. Before all for one told her who he was, no idea that he had like kind of mafia connections, which maybe an assassin or someone trying to rebuild their life would have used, but she didn't know that he doesn't, she has no idea what his quirk is just that he was locked up in there. Like I think she was doing it because she pitied him. And I think that's the whole reason he's still along with there too. So I don't know if something's going to come out of it. Um, but I don't think she has a plan for him. I think she literally just pities him and doesn't know what else to do at this point. Kind of like, yes, yeah, stuck uh, with a stray dog. And now you're just dealing with it. Yeah. And he, uh, he's mind broken at this point too. Yeah. Which is too bad. Like we, we kind of got an idea that he was just, broken at the end of the arc we saw him but seeing him at the state he's at now especially with how much i loved overall i'd like some kind of redemption in some way i don't know what exactly that could possibly look like but mm-hmm. it'd be sad if he died or the story ended seeing him here like that brought him out of tartarus for no reason just mm-hmm. for him to say pops over and over again for two or three episodes and then he just gets locked back up i hope it's more than that but there's a lot going on i could very much see that happening yeah so I think the last thing about Nagant is really why or what's going to go on with this quirk from All for One. Um, I think obviously sending her, her after Deku, I mean, obviously you need all the help you can get. So I think that makes sense too. But the bigger thing is the only time we've really seen someone in the actual show get multiple quirks is one Deku when we learned about overflowing glasses and all that and what can happen there. And now mm-hmm. Nagant, um, which she was given the additional airwalk one. So what do you think is going to happen there? I mean, obviously we know like with the previous holders, they live to 40. So I don't think she's just going to blow up tomorrow because she has two quirks in her body now. But we also know that quirks aren't meant to be traded like that, that it should have some kind of toll on her or what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. I, so the way I imagine like the cup analogy is more of like, instead of like a cup, I like assume it as like uh, like a barrel with pressure. And like the more quirks that you put onto it, the more pressure that it gets until one point it just bursts. So that's the way I like kind of view out of it because that makes more sense to me when you think about stacking quirks within each other of like, okay, yeah, it makes sense that um, one for all has such a like such a, a low lifespan because you're putting so many quirks into one, right? Uh, that is just uh, eventually you're not gonna be able to hold them all. My view with two quirks, so having like one additional one is that like, Maybe you can kind of just hold on to it for a little bit and it probably shortens your life, but like probably still live to like 80, like 70 or 80 or so. Um, yeah, but it probably society's puts, it, a mess yeah. right now anyway, so I don't think she's really thinking too much. Of, even if she knew that was that um, outcome, who knows if she even would make it that far at this point. Yeah, I, I wonder like, 
huh like what does she think about it like i guess it's a little bit tough because she's part of the hero uh public safety commission so it's a little bit different but like what would the average person think about someone with two quirks like how how deep into quirk science are like the general populace yeah but like in japan like you know that this man is an exception all for one like the only one that ever stood up for and one for all one for all the only one that ever stood up for to all might like obviously he's above the thing we've seen him use all these different quirks like i think to the average person they would just think he's an exception so getting a quirk from someone that has three thousand quirks i don't think i think too much about that like obviously Mm. this man is just like a god among quirks so i don't think i would think anything of it. like oh he can just take and give quirks as he is like that's what his quirk is um so i don't know i would i don't think i'd think too much about it there's no reason to and it's not like he gives them out left and right and people can see the everyday repercussions of them because we haven't really seen it happen up to this point because he's been locked up and hidden for years so no one really knows what happens when this happens yeah i mean i i guess that's true because we never really saw like any of the ramifications of having too many quirks with anybody besides um the the one for all which was Uh, still like six quirks instead of one because he was the fourth or fifth user so he had a bunch of them stockpiled and again, even living to 40, he just died in sleep, I'm pretty sure. He didn't explode or anything like that. Like, oh, like, oh, guy got two quirks and died at 70 instead of 90. Like, he just died of natural age. Like, I don't think there's anything huh. like that. So, I don't know. I, it, it's still very interesting because we just talked, like, two episodes ago about what multiple quirks can do to a body. And now facing our first person that has had a quirk put into their body. I think that timing is very interesting. Because, yeah, uh, like that being back to back feels like there should be some kind of connection, but maybe it's just some kind of reasoning of why Deku's the last one and trying to push him to save himself. And it just happened to be where the story led. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, it makes sense to me too. So, anything else on again? I think the other thing we want to talk about quickly is messages, but no, um, let's let's talk about the messages. So, I think again, not too much. Besides the fact that we now know that the last two vestiges are kind of willing to help. And really where their hesitation was is that they went through right as all for one kind of rose to power and went through the darkest timeline. So they're a little bit more jaded. They've seen more shit as you can see by a giant scar on the one dude's face. Um, but they didn't like the idea that Deku was trying to save their arch nemesis. And that really came from where their hesitation was. Is that how you took that too? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking there. Um, and yeah, it makes sense because that was like the grand ultimate evil version of him. Yeah, it's like going through World War II and then like a couple of years later, it's like, oh no, we want to save them. Like, no, that's not how this works. Like, I'm not going to help people that just ruin the world around me. Like, no, I'm going to look out for myself and I want to put an end to that. Like, I don't blame them in that. But also at some point you have to say like, okay, but let's help out for the greater good because it's better mm-hmm. to put an end to it one way or the other than not at all. Um, but I'm right. They have to be good. Like, right. We've kind of seen like a lot of these quirks are like, um, tools in a tool belt, but like these two have to be sick as fuck, right? Like there's, I think that was a real story reason of why they held back. They're going to be cool. They're going to be game changing. You think or no? Yeah. And okay. I'm going to say it. The, I, we talked about this last week too, but the one guy does look like Bakugo he and he has like a big arm thing too. Like only one big arm thing, but he still has a big arm thing. Like, he has a spiky hair. Him. and Give him something. 
Like, just let yes. him shoot something out of his body besides Black Whip. Like, that's all I want. Yeah, like, my, my, my thinking behind these is, like, we've gotten, we've gotten the big punch, right? And we've gotten a bunch of things to support it. I'm sure that there's, like, got to be, like, another, like, attack move, right? We get yeah. another attack move. So, like, this is the move of, like, here's my grand ultimate thing that's going to finally defeat, you know, all for one. Um, Something longer range. Because, like, we know he can't really get up in, close and personal. Like, yeah. that's how he loses his quirks or something. Yes, the to the help person with that. has the, the thing on their arm. It could be a big beam shot, a Mega something. Man cannon. So, really interested where that is. Off that doesn't lead anything. I think we might get a reveal of one of the quirks in the battle against Lady Nagant. Obviously, it's kind of a higher opponent than what he's seen. And obviously, they just made a big deal about them joining and saying, okay, let's do this all together this episode. So, I don't know if we see both, but maybe one of them in the next couple episodes. Or do you think Deku needs more time? And just instantly using them. I think we get one instantly, and then I think we save one until whatever, whenever the final battle is. I think that makes the most sense to me. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting where it is. Because yeah, it would be make sense if like, okay, this next one's a weapon, and the last one's like a mega support kind of power that ties it all together. Like, okay, like now we have all these things, but this last quirk is going to allow all of us to use it in unison or something kind of like that. Yeah, and I it's going to be all for nothing and erase all quirks. Yep, great. I'm I'm in. I don't have I don't I don't know how else you end the story at this point. So I think that's probably the best outcome. So good luck with that pitch. Um, but yeah, anything else in the vestiges? I think the really the big thing is what's next. But I think we'll learn next episode. I think yeah. a lot of the questions we have asked this episode are going to be answered next week. So I don't think it's worth much digging into much deeper. Do you? No, I think I think it's probably time for one of the the hardest parts of this episode. Plus Ultra, the weekly award where we decide each and every week who went beyond and who went plus ultra. Dylan, where are you going to go this week? We didn't really have many big moments here. A lot of setup. Yeah, a lot of setup. It's a little bit tough. So, my Okay, here's my my candidate for it. My candidate is just going to be Deku. Um, and it is Deku because he caught a fucking bullet. Like, yeah. just straight up caught a bullet when it was shot at him. They went over that part really fast. Now, I assume her gun maybe doesn't shoot as fast as maybe a normal gun. I mean, it's a still, rifle. I'm assuming it's going pretty damn fast. Like, it's still got to be going. Yeah, yeah, it's still got to be going. And Deku just straight up just, like, caught that thing. Uh, so I, I think I think he deserves it because uh, that's that's kind of insane. Yeah, I mean, yeah, between that and saving the girl at the beginning, I mean, obviously that's kind of what Deku's job is at this point. But try to get I, it to someone else. Try. I I can't. I mean, again, hasn't done anything that cool yet. Maybe kind of standing up for all for, against all for one for a second there and like saving overhaul, but. We haven't seen All enough right, time to conclusion Let's, let's, yeah, let's swap. You, you take mine, because I actually I can think of another one. All right. Well, let's hear All it, right. then. I'll go uh, with Deku. How, am I allowed to speak something very cursed into existence? No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the real plus anyways. ultra winners of the the real plus ultra winners of this episode were all the degenerate furries out there who got their weird big anamorph character finally put in this show. Oh uh, this character is cursed. I hate her. her what? The fandom on... Yeah, I don't like her. Uh, I like her normally, but the Phantom Online's, they're too, I don't like them. 
I don't like that they. I, I haven't I don't seen like the fandom it. too much. Were they very hyped for this week, like knowing that she was coming or something? No, there's just like a weird. There's just a weird subgroup who's just too into this character. Uh, they went plus ultra because they got their week. Let's just hope we never hear from them again. Oh, right. Uh, I guess we'll accept that as the answer because it, it can't be a place thing or idea. I do say that every single time, so I guess we will go with the idea of this time. But. That'll be all for this week's episode of the Class 1A Podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. We'll be back next week to wrap up the conclusion of the Lady Nagant fight and hopefully a lot more. Thank you all for listening and watching, and we'll see you all then.